Welcome back to the Chaluminati Podcast, episode 129. As always, I am one of your hosts, Mike Martin, joined by my two co-hosts from the West, the Mangu Kakalam and the and the and the Mamba Barang. What the hell did you just say? I want to just let everyone know at home that I don't know what he's talking about and <laughs> refuse to associate with that nickname. <laughs> there's some, there's a couple people out there who know what I'm referencing right now because we're pretty popular over in the Philippines, everybody. Oh, is that right? true? Yeah, we are actually. I'll, Do we I'll have get a you huge some of that Filip- like Filipino audience. Is this real? Yeah, I'll let you know here in a second. Um, but before we do, there's only one place we're more popular. I think. I, I mean, I think I would say that in this place we are 100 percent popular. I'm gonna go and, Google search something while you do this. <laughs> and what you can do, and what you can do is you can type into Google patreon.com slash Chiluminati pod to take you to the very place that I'm talking about, where not only can you support this show, not only can you support this show, keeping us going every week, like we have been now for 15 years straight, but also also, (laughs) not, not only do you get that, you get a name on discord in a special color. You get episodes with no ads at all besides this one. And you get bonus content. You get mini sods. You get a <laughs> monthly art poster, and you get freaking merch. The best merch. Like our merch is so goddamn good. All the it art, is very good. The posters, the shirts. Mel has it on lock. Like it looks great, and you're missing out on that right now because you're not at Patreon.com/slash/IlluminatiPod. And if you are mad that I do this, maybe you've never had something of your own. In your life to take care of, you know, maybe you never had your <laughs> That's own a jump. Why? Why? Wow. What? Because I care about this and I want you <laughs> out there listening to this to just think about it. You know, if you got it, yeah, smoke think. them if you got them. That's what I'm saying. You I got, agree. You got 20 bucks sitting around. Maybe instead of buying that extra Chipotle burrito for later, slide it on over to the Chilluminati pod, baby. They oh go great God. with Chipotle, these podcasts. Oh, I know, man. me too. I've been thinking about it all day. I haven't eaten or drank in anything this entire day. I don't know why. I don't know. I realized it like as I was talking to Mathis earlier. I'm lean. I'm hungry. I'm mean. I want you to support and me on Patreon. You're primed for this episode. I, am I? I don't know, actually. There's not a lot of food involved, honestly. Is it not cannibalism? Because I could eat today. Is that Is that good? Yeah, that's what I that's think, good. You know, that's good if you're like 23. I don't know if five co- coffees by itself is good at I'm our age anymore. I'd drink four coffees right now. I'm crazy. Yeah, I'm drinking. We are the ninth a, most you know, popular podcast in the Philippines. In the world, by the way. is that what you said? In the, in the we're the ninth most popular in the Philippines. Yeah, yeah, we're number are two we in Croatia. Do, are we gonna have to do? Well, hold on. What does that mean, general population wise? Did you say I that we're no number idea. two in is Croatia? Is, we're, we're just number. We're number nine in the in our in the comedy category over in the Philippines for our specific category. So, which is comedy, right? Uh, that's a, that's yeah, we're very funny. Aha! Uh-huh. In Croatia, oh, we're number two. And I'll give you one more. Svetan really, to the Croatians out is there. This, is this out of right? what is what service is this though? Apple Podcast specifically. Really? The, the, the Apple Podcast charts. The that inventors I'm, 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 of the podcast. Right. The inventors of the podcast. Daddy's, exactly. Daddy's Pods. Nice. Daddy's All right. Pod. Okay. And then uh, I'll give you these. I'll give you two. We're number four in Bulgaria and then number four in Belize. Are we going to have to do to like a, countries? We have to do a world tour. A world? <laughs> yeah. Are we going to do a world <laughs> tour? I guess oh, that sounds like, oh, that sounds terrible. Oh, I think we no. might have to charter. <laughs> if you head to patreon.com slash pod, you can charter a private jet for us to fly to your country. <laughs> Yo, we got, we got, uh, we're number 52 in Nigeria. And we'll if go so- out there. Why not? If someone charters us a private jet, I 100% believe that jet is taking us to go be hunted for sport. There's no way that we're. Yo, we can make content out of that. If yeah, we I'm live. game. I'm game. That would be a story, man. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my island, gentlemen. If we, like, no, how, <laughs> if we made it out, I don't think I'd have another problem in my life. I think I'd be the most. Right? We'd probably. I think I'd rich. be the number nine most famous person in America at that point. <laughs> yeah, we're we're. I will say we're number sixteen in the U.S. in our category. That's so not bad. Not, that's not too bad. That's not too bad. More popular in Great Britain, though. Anyway, shout outs uh, to the homies. Yeah, shout outs to the homies, boys. It's a it's a fun episode today. We haven't done one of these in a little while. A fun, uh, it a is, fun one. A fun one, yeah. A lighthearted, fun episode. No, no, no. This is another kind of grab bag cryptid episode. I got a couple of them, but they all come from the Philippines. 
I got kind of tossed ah. this idea because there was some conversation on our Discord about it, about people who some of our fans are uh, live over there. And it reminded me of, do you remember Never Ending Nightmares, the game from 2014, that 2D black and white? Uh, I remember Never Ending of, Story. Nope. Great movie, though. But no, Never Ending Nightmares. If you look it up. It might look familiar to you. Um, but he was making a sequel that was called Devastating or Devastated Dreams, which was based on some Filipino cryptid stuff. And that creeped me the hell out. And I was like, you know what? We should dive into the Philippines a little bit and see what they've got. And they've got a lot. So I only grabbed three, but we can always go back and do more in the in some point in the future. Um, but tell me if that game looks familiar, because I, I played that game all the way through and I really loved it. Uh, never ending nightmares. It was a good time. Do you guys know much about the Filipino lore out there? No, I can't Filipino say that lore? I'm, I no. can't say that I'm well read on it, but okay, I'm willing okay. to learn. All right. Well, let's start then nice and uh, right, right at the very top with the Mankukulam, which is, is the me? first. Yeah, that's one of the two of you. Okay. That's one of the first thing. These are uh, pretty straightforward. The Bruja, the witches of, of the Filipino uh, island, uh, the Filipino islands. Filipino witches are the users of black magic and related practices over in the Philippines, which obviously include a variety of different kinds of people with differing occupations and color cultural connotations. Depends on the ethnic group that these particular people are associated with and the title that they end up getting. But they all fall under the umbrella term Manku Kalam, and, uh, which is associated with witches. They are completely different from the Western notion of what a witch is normally known as, as each ethnic group has their own definition, like I said, and practices attributed to the witches. The curses, the other magics of witches are often blocked, countered, cured, or lifted by Filipino shamans associated with the indigenous Philippine folk regions. Filipino witches practice a kind of black magic, specifically malevolent. They are always out to do <laughs> the way terrible said things that. to you. Specifically. Malevolent. <laughs> I'm here to educate. I'm not here to flower it up. We're educating you here. Uh, they use a malevolent use of sympathetic magic, which is associated with the indigenous uh, Philippine regions. Witchcraft has been present throughout the Philippines before the Spanish colonization. And today it is said to be centered in Pampanga, Talalora, Western Samar, and Sorsagon, where many of the country's faith healers reside. And for those listeners out in the Philippines, if I butchered any of those, I apologize. I'm doing my best. I'm confident that you did, but it comes from a place of love. There's positive intent behind it all. I promise. Witchcraft also exists in many of the hinterlands, especially in Samar and Light, uh, where witchcraft is known and occurs uh, anywhere inside the Philippines. Filipino witches are believed to have powers that cause harm to other people covertly. Healer sorcerers who practice this kind of sorcery usually justify it as a form of criminal punishment. So what end up the, the what will end up happening is people will uh, come to them with a problem or a punishment for maybe being stolen from or some other kind of infamilial argument, and they will, like most do, place uh, curses over them for like physical harm or um, poor well-being or loss of their of their monetary assets, etc. As a widespread belief is that ma black magic does not work on people who are innocent, so they work as a punishment only from these uh, healer sorcerers. Their targets are usually wrongdoers like thieves, adulterous spouses or land grabbers as land owning land is a huge part of uh, having any sort of like power or wealth in uh, in the Philippines. There are also, quote unquote, true sorcerers who are said to have hereditary sorceress powers. Unlike healers, they do not consider the justice of their actions. The latter type of sorcerers are often conflated with the evil supernatural beings capable of appearing human like Aswang, which we'll talk about later. And Mananangala, which we will not be talking about later specifically because we'd be diving into bigger holes. One of the what most common kinds. Mean? Like, it just leads deeper and deeper into other other cryptids that are kind of tied to it. The Mangalala is uh, another creature we can come back to another okay. day. All right. One of the most common kinds of black magic with their malevolent use is the, like I said, the ones that cause specifically physical harm. Ideally, for or not ideally, but for some of the more extreme witches, that does include death. <laughs> Trying to That's kill somebody, favorite. like the uh, biggest edge lords at the witch show, yeah. edgiest of edge lords, extreme witches, witches. extreme witchery, extreme witches that all. murder. <laughs> um, despite the differences in the terminology that's used for the witches, the methods are almost identical across the Philippine Islands. This type of sorcery uses beetles, effigies, poppets, a boiling pot, or some other type of representation of the target victim. They are usually uh, these are usually linked by including 
bodily exuvia like hair or nail clippings. You're looking at like your typical kind of almost voodoo esque. Yeah, in that's a lot what I was gonna ways. say. Like, I'm no expert in any of this, so forgive yeah. my like completely. And I'm only as expert as the internet has made yeah, me. Yeah, forgive the past my week. completely ignorant like base level analysis of this. But there is seems to be some sort of global, uh, mm-hmm. sort of I don't know meme. I don't know what you would call it. Like some sort of meme of the spiritual arts that is like has to do with like taking like like bugs and representations of the like dead animals and, and, and mixing them with in the, in the, in this, in the ceremony, some type of representation of a person that you want to do something to, and then doing that. And I don't know if that's just something that comes from our own brains or like, you're, you're right. Because like further, as we go further here, um, there's also the way that they perform these particular spells, whether it be chants or symbols or what have you, there's also parts of Christianity and Muslim rituals that have been kind of blended in to this magic. Yeah, it's that, like a mixtape kind of. Yeah, yep, very much so. And that's 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 very true. Still with this, you're looking at partially voodoo, some Christian and Muslim looking like rituals on top of the uh, original kind of witchcraft practice from the indigenous people prior to Spain's colonization of the Philippines. Uh, the sorcerer then with the with these chants and whatnot, he then either harms the effigy to cause corresponding harm to the victim. Again, very similar to what we now what we know as like the layman's voodoo or physically sends objects into the victim's body, which can range from insects, stones and pins. In some bee, instance, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a huge problem. I wish they could like I wonder if you could shove like a nug into one. And um, like get stoned instead of like harmed. What if you did all of this and then you're like, it's that's time a different to witch. shove it. That's a different way. I mean, why not just smoke the nug? The Boston bean brouhaha? I mean, okay. it would at? be it would be funny to be like at my house and I'm like watching someone on TV and I like smoke them out from my little like <laughs> voodoo type little witchcraft zone. <laughs> that would be uh, Jesse's live streaming. You got your little Jesse doll when you just start I smoking the, up. I feed the doll edibles and Jesse just starts <laughs> just start getting watching slower. him live on camera melting yeah. away. <laughs> um, further, in some other instances, the ingredients of the rituals themselves determine the effects that happen upon the victim. For example, adding seawater to a boiling pot linked to a victim is said to cause the victim's belly to swell and ache in time with the tides. So as the tides rise, your stomach swells and you have a massive stomach ache. And as the tide recedes, it all goes away. Uh, Maybe maybe I'm maybe that's what happened to me. Maybe that's why I (laughs) you are definitely. That's the problem. Because I'll be I'll be you know, I'll be doing my thing during the day and then the tides will go and I you know, it'll be right after I had, you know, like a nice just, you know, a a harmless double cheeseburger with bacon (laughs) and eggs. And all of a sudden my belly starts to hurt. I don't know why. Maybe it is the bean boy. It's Maybe the tides, it is. Dude. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta hang on. I'm going to pronounce this. A manku kulam is, is cursed you it's from the distance. my ass. Yeah. That is brutal. Uh, just up your asshole. Uh, there's other things too. Um, with this is, but, but the earlier, sorry, I jumped ahead there. The earliest documented, um, practice that we have on paper is from the 17th century by, um, Francisco Combs. That's the the earliest we have this written down uh, of the, seeing these practices. Does it have a name? This like belief system or whatever. Again, it's there's a it goes under a bunch of different names. It's just Manku too, Kulam it's is just, just the umbrella term of like which sort of like ingrained yeah, because yeah. you have like it's like a bunch of like in D and D terms, I guess like a bunch of subclasses all underneath like this one main class, and they all practice slightly <laughs> differently. You got your your blood sorcerers, your sorcerer healers. This is the bruhas. craziest way of describing it, but it makes sense. Yes, that's, I'm that's with you. My, yeah. That's yeah. where my brain goes. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's just like I mean, if you're if you're a culture that's depending on this for like your communion with like otherworldly forces, you know, like yeah. I go to when I was young, I went to church. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I bet you there's lots of different ways to use this magic. Uh, yeah. you know, like that aren't just like getting people stoned from your home while they're on Twitch. You know what I mean? Which honestly, if you guys, if there's any practices out there, feel free to do that to me, but only the weed part. Like feel free to try and get me stoned from a distance. Cause it probably saved me a lot of money. That's a slippery slope, man. This right? is <laughs> right. oh, opening doors. You know what? I rescind that invitation. Somebody's going to get you hooked case. on meth from like their house. Like they're going to oh get, yeah. <laughs> but I won't know it's meth. So I'm just going to be going through withdrawals because yeah. I'm just like having meth symptoms and I'm very confused the whole time. I feel like I completely understand this. 
Yeah, sure. you've got it so far. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, some of these purportedly sorcerous powers may be explained by the use of poisons. Um, but before we get to that, there are other malevolent powers that are much more direct. These include the ability, as I said earlier, to kill another person instantly with a magic spell. The ability to cast curses or the evil eye, which I don't know if you remember from the live show, but my family supposedly has the evil eye curse on us. We've, we've had it since You've like my great that. grandma. I'm not sure what that means exactly. For the you evil or eye for curse, us. So my, the evil eye curse, the best I understand it, is like misfortune follows your family forever. And like you can kind of undo it or you can wear like a pendant that'll ward it away. It's supposed to be like an open is that palm, it, I think. It, the, the, the thing with the eye in the middle of the palm, is that? The, I think that's it, yes. Is that my, really what that's about? Well, wait, so I is that the so. same? Are you like, sure? Is that? Are we it's talking not, about? So I believe the evil eye curse, again, like a lot of other things, transcends just the Philippines. It ekes its way out. There's other things that are. And I think it's just kind of a general. I, I, I curse bad fortune upon you. I'm probably you know sure what a lot should of transcend the Philippines and eke its way over to me? Uh-huh. Some of uh, what is that called? Lumpia? Lumpia? That, you want some Lumpia? Oh, my God. Send Dude, me there's a, a place big... up the street from the office that I'll get. I'll give you a tray of 100 of them for <laughs> That's what I'm not that much about. money. Keep those things <laughs> in the fridge. It's like, oh, baby. That's all I'm saying. That, people couldn't see me, but I was eating them while saying, oh, baby. Yeah, yeah, it was. I've seen it you do it in real life too. I you know. Yeah. I like. Yeah. If I like stuff, I'm like, oh, baby. Yeah. This I'm is like one. This this is one area of like culture that I wish I was so much more knowledgeable about. Is like these mm. sort of like amalgamated sort of witchcrafty religions that kind of go around the world. Like it was so interesting talking yeah. to uh, Airdorf about his time when he was doing missionary work. I think in Argentina, right? Can it's you just, believe that that was like in our teens when I was 15 years old? No, yeah. Airdorf's episode was in the teens. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. When uh, you were I was 15, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Back then. Back at the beginning when we started the show when I was 15. Yeah, when we started yeah. all that time ago. After we found that dead body on the by the railroad tracks. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And Kiefer Sutherland hunted me down. <laughs> I don't even, I, you've lost me. I don't know what's happening anymore. <laughs> I keep forgetting you have no reference for not any of these jokes. Me. It's okay. What don't movie? worry about it. What movie? All right. What movie are we referencing? Stand By Me. The Body by Stephen King. Uh, don't never, worry about it. I've never seen it. Yeah, yeah I've no, seen Stand By it's, Me. It's just an enduring classic. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the evil eye curse did to me. It stopped me from seeing good movies. Have you seen The Princess yeah. Bride? Yes, I have seen The Princess Bride. Okay. I've got that. All right. Well, well you got me there. Yeah. evil eye didn't get you that bad, I guess. No, I didn't give me that. That's true, true. Uh, other than the evil eye, some of the more extreme curses are the ability to abduct a person's soul and the ability to send evil spirits or animal familiars to go possess, annoy, or harm the victim. Animal familiars? Yeah. Like, like bats, cats? Rodents. Or we're yeah, talking cats. about like, you know, like, like a bison? A, like, yeah, I don't know. Like a <laughs> M. Bison? blue whale? Can, Can you have thing? <laughs> M. Bison? Yes! M. Bison? <laughs> <laughs> That would be so good. No, uh, a blue whale would be impressive. That would be. I don't know if that's possible. That would be. Do they have to be present to make me familiar? Do we know? Yeah, I I would imagine that the way you have to have the animal present with you, you'd have to have the blue whale on hand to send it off. (laughs) I got my I got my animal familiar by giving him treats for being a good boy for 10 years. (laughs) I'm not sure. I don't know. That's accurate. He's I'm very looking cute, at him though. right now. <laughs> you wasted your alive? time on that, my friend. Yeah, he's alive. He's just very old. <laughs> um, as I said, though, some of these curses can be explained away by the use of poisons or sleight of hand. In most cases, however, accusations of this type of black magic are often bore out of paranoia, moral panic, mass hysteria against dislike or mistrusted members of the community, similar to the way European witch hunts went down. People accused of black magic were often subject to ostracization and in many cases, straight up violence. This was especially true during the Spanish colonial period. I was just going to ask about that. I was going to say, I bet you this got real shitty for anybody doing this during that time. Oh, yeah. Uh, In one instance in the mid 19th century, a Filipino curate ordered the assassination of 57 people he suspected were sorcerers casting evil spells on (laughs) his sick mother. Yeah. So, you know, they were just kind of willy nilly slaughtering people and using that term and that uh, that accusation to just wipe out people that they didn't like. Has the, did they say anything about a teleportation spell? No, not in my researches, uh, unfortunately, but that would be real sick. Well, because, you know, remember I was talking about that guy who was like a guard in like Spanish Philippines mm, and he like teleported right. to Mexico or whatever he did. 
<laughs> I, I vaguely remember this. What episode was this specifically? That was the remember? one, the same episode with the green kids. Okay. Oh, damn. I don't remember. I don't know what one that was, yeah. but I do remember that episode. It was like Antiquities, Mystiquities. Mm, oh, okay. We'll have to find it. I'll have to look it up. Uh, now, what happens, you might ask, if you become the victim of such a sorceress attack? Well, fear not. There are things you can do. Sorcerer attacks are most commonly treated with sumbalik, which means counter spells or antidotes, which are themselves a form of sorcery and do not usually require interaction with the spirits. They purportedly deflect the effects of the curse and return it back to the caster like a like a counter and smash. Like when I say, like, I'm not playing anymore. I got to go home. And they're like, oh, yeah. Bingo. You got it. So if you can counter spells, yes, can you counter a counter spell? <laughs> Only if you're playing as uh, Captain Falcon. I don't <laughs> right, well, think you can. I do not think it is part of this religion in which you can because wait, they that doesn't make any ex- sense. So why would anyone ever cast a spell if they're uh, that's like because you, well, you have to know you have to know to counter. You have to find somebody who practices the magic to cast the counter. Right, spell. But you didn't say you had to know who cast the spell. You just said you could count the spell and send it back to the caster. Correct. So you need to find somebody who can cast the counter spell for you. And I'm sure that costs money. And what if they cast sure the kill you time. immediately spell? Or what if they cast the spell where you get super high and you just forget that you need to go do that? <laughs> is that, uh, is, in, in, is that the background for your character, Alex? <laughs> my D and D. Yeah. Yeah. In D and D. Yeah. I'm going to do it. We're going to do a Chiluminati D and D session for our patrons one day. <laughs> that's Lord. what I meant. In D and D. Yeah. 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 <laughs> in D and D where I have my life not together, but in real life, I'm <laughs> very put together. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. You are. You're wearing, nobody can see it, but you're wearing, and you wear it every time a fitted suit. I'm actually wearing a session. t-shirt that's with snowflakes and a frost, the snowman that's based on myself. Just oh so you guys God. know. Yeah, and there, is, the, is that a SBB shirt yeah, there's there? Gerard and there's yeah, there's Brett, Gerard and there's Gerard. But I'm Frosty, and I'm from the Rankin-Bass Frosty the Snowman cartoon, going, happy birthday. Remember that? I've seen that one. Yep. I, I'm surprised. I, I got to be, be honest. I'm surprised you've seen that. <laughs> In the most extreme cases of counterspelling or sumbalik, the counterspell can actually kill the person who sent the curse in the first place. Oh, shit. So they can be reflected and just be like, Final lethal blow. Well, I'm going to focus dead. on learning Sumbalik. Number one, because yeah. it sounds sexy as hell. Just it, it rolls off the tongue so sexy. And second Sumbalik. of all, it seems like it's better than just trying to kill people with magic. Right? Right. Other healing rituals against sorcery do not harm the caster, but instead supposedly moves them to pity and thus revoke the curse. So you send like guilt, guilt waves back at them and they're like, you know what? I feel bad. Never mind. And they take the curse off. Not sure how well that actually would would work, but I don't know. I would. I kind of would hope he maybe kill the caster instead of making him feel guilty. Well, do you think there's still time then for you? Yeah, I'm sure that there's a way to maybe maybe somebody can cast Zumbalik on me and get rid of the evil eye and bounce it yeah, back. Yeah, but you're, you, was, you got to pay for that, bro. You can't just be like maybe a fan out there could do it. No, no, no. Patreon.com. Also, the person who cast <laughs> the curse is long dead. Like the person who cursed our family was like from three generations. Well, ago. that'd be then, hilarious. Then some dude in Rhode Island is going to get zapped <laughs> straight no, to hell. It was in it was in Italy. It happened. Oh, OK. Before my great grandmother moved here. In oh, man. We're Italy? like we're like back mm-hmm. in the. OK. Yeah, right. we're, we're, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to trace our own. E- I could not tell you. Okay. I have no All idea. Right. Uh, continuing, though. Uh, <laughs> I'm just inventing Chiluminati yeah, special yeah, after Chiluminati special in my imagination. <laughs> you're, just, right now. you're just deep diving. You're just deep diving. I want to take fine. Mathis back to Italy and reverse his curse with Filipino magic. <laughs> yeah, that would yeah, be great. I would also like to be there for those reasons, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see what happens. Maybe it'll happen. You never know. Uh, the end, though, in the, in most cases, accusation of this particular type of black magic are often born out of paranoia, like I said earlier. And once the counter spell has been placed or things have run their course, uh, the curse tends to come to an end. And like things when you end fucking die or something. Yeah. When you either die or, you know, you, you become bereft and poor and living a life that demon shows up and sh- shits in your mouth. Yeah, that's yeah. man. That that picture was great, though. Shout out to the great. Illuminati subreddit for finding the picture of that dude shitting in Titan Lead's mouth. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, so some other different kind of sect versions of these types of witches. The Manku Kulam are specifically the Filipino witch, which literally translates to practitioner of Kulam. Kulam is the type of magic that they use. 
There's also the Mamba Barang. Okay. Yeah. The Mambambarang is the Bisayan version of the sorcerer sorceress who uses insects and spirits to enter the body of any person they hate. The Mambambarang are ordinary human beings with black magic who torture and later kill their victims by infesting their body. All right, I was going to make a Beach Boys joke, but I uh, decided not to because I don't <laughs> oh, want to be infested and killed. I have a question about these bugs. Now, you're saying you they use bugs to infest people mm-hmm. to get into their bodies and do things. Do Are yeah. we talking about like a bug going into your body physically? Well, they use like the voodoo doll and the bug to put the bug in you. And then theoretically, maybe supernaturally like, you are infested by bugs. Yeah, like, magically uh, transports and causes you to be infested by by like these that dude in the things. mummy yeah i guess so yes yeah well, he opens his mouth and then yeah i mean yeah i guess like that well that's yeah, I say, like it's a flesh-eating beetle that gets inside your body i'm just saying you know it's, a yeah, bug. it's not a good time yeah. you're not you're not gonna have a good time there <laughs> these are particularly different from the manku kalams the latter only inflict pain or illness while the mamba barang use a strand of hair from their chosen victim and tie it to the bugs or worms which they will use as a medium when they prick the bug the victim immediately experiences the intended effect. The name is derived from the word barang. In legends, the Mamam barang uh, keeps his swarm of carnivorous beetles in a bottle or a section of bamboo, carefully feeding them ginger root. They really are oh. carnivorous beetles? Yes. Yes. Like literally yes. directly from the mummy? I mean, not, we're not in Egypt, well, not but, scarabs, you know, but like, yeah. yeah, they're not scarabs. Right. No, I mean, we're like the, over time, they would have traveled to the Philippines, like uh, natural migration, of course. Just like the Egyptians yeah, yeah. got to the Grand yeah, Canyon. Yeah, yeah. Got to yeah, Arizona like, yes, or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Bingo. When the practitioner decides <laughs> to employ his dark art, he performs a prayer ritual wherein he whispers instructions and identifies the victim to the beetles. Like Gandalf. The, right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He's, he's, he's like, like <laughs> it flies off the destructive insects are then set free as you predicted and to seek out the victim and gain entry into the body via any any bodily orifice the nose mouth ears anus or dermal breaks such as open wounds or sores i thought you said anally and i was like i did say anally Uh, oh really anus or dermal breaks yeah i know not a good time The victim will then feel the effects of the invasion of the insect through manifestations, depending on the area of entry. So, yeah, for instance, on the area of no, entry, they'll feel it. Serious. So, if he entered through the anus, you're getting hemorrhoids. If he went in through the ear, earache, and so on. The resulting illnesses is supposedly resistant to conventional medical treatment and only reveals its true nature when the victim succumbs and flying insects issue forth from bodily cavities, literally like the mummy. Literally like the mummy. They just pour out of the holes in your body. I feel like you'd notice immediately when the bug crawled up your asshole. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you would think, but maybe it's happening when you're sleeping and maybe the tickle feels good. You don't know. No, what it's are possible. you talking about? That's not oh, how it works. Choc- a little chocolate star kiss, you know, from oh a beetle. Oh my God. Okay. What All right. I'm in. Hell? I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> Me Why too. are you both in? I'm this following, Mal- I'm, I'm following Mathis to down you. to the end of this no. hole, dude. Take my hand, Jesse. I will guide you to the promised land. We're all going to crawl into the anus of this, of this episode is what we're going to do. That is <laughs> in reality. If these bugs are actually entering these people's bodies, what's likely happening though, is that the carnivorous beetle would lay eggs in someone it killed. And then the eggs would hatch post-mortem and devour the flesh after they die. So there is a carnivorous beetle. There is. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's actually a carnivorous this, beetle. In That's this real. area. Yes. A hundred percent. That is a hundred percent true. The final witch we're going to talk about under this flag before we move on to the next creature is the Usakan. The Usakan, also known as the Buyagan, is a type of Visian sorcerer that can inflict harm through words, also known as Buyag. They can, Buya, okay, they can Booyah, affect grandma. not only people, but also plants, animals, and inanimate objects. They cause harm by complimenting someone or something, either unwittingly or with malevolent intent. To protect against this, People carefully avoid accepting compliments from strangers and may say the phrase Puera Buyag from Spanish Fuera Buyag immediately after giving a compliment or receiving one. Various beliefs hold that Usikan can be recognized by having a dark tongue or by being born with teeth. Unlike the other types of witches, the power of the Usikan is innate and is not acquired by choice, nor are they innately malevolent or in, in most cases they are believed to be unaware that they possess this power. So that's just like, that's the shit end of the stick. If you're one of these, you were born with it. You didn't have a choice and you could accidentally curse people. You just got magic mouth. 
You got magic mouth and it's by complimenting people. And you can't you can't compliment people with your magic mouth, dude. You know, Alan just, Moore, the, uh, the famous comic book writer, Alan Moore, uh, big bearded man, Alan Moore. Uh, he, yeah. he believes that like words and writing is like the the magic like it's the closest thing to magic that we have, you know, and and I kind of I kind of agree. I feel like the power of words, uh, you know, like people talk about chaos magic and like manifesting oh, yeah. and like talking about things. And like, I, I feel like there's something to that. I don't know what it is. I think it might just be like quantum well, mechanics or something like that. But well, I don't know. Here's my belief. Like, I agree with you. I think there's something to it. But here's why I think there's something to it. When you're doing rituals or chaos magic or trying to do all these things to pr- pr- push your life forward, your career forward, what's happening in reality is you're keeping that idea in the back of your mind constantly. Your your brain is being primed to always think about further my career, do this, do this, do this. So when little opportunities pop up, you're more likely to see them instead of pass them by, grab them, try and push for things because you're doing these rituals, but in reality, you're just keeping the idea of moving your life forward as the forefront. So you're taking these actions that you might not normally take or seeing these things, you're like, oh my God, I got this amazing opportunity. That was likely going to be there anyway, but you just you you're more aware of it now because you're just looking you for feel it more. power over. Yeah, it. yeah, you feel it. And it does. So it works. Yes, because you're you're kind of like psychologically conditioning yourself to make it a priority. It's in like your tarot. Life. It's like, you know, I mean, OK, I'm not going to. I can't wait to hear what you have to say like regardless of whether you genuinely believe in the magical power of tarot cards or not right like yeah it's like a personality test that you get to do on yourself and interpret yourself and uh it's very like powerful in that way regardless of whether or not pulling the cards actually makes magic like shoot out of the cards and like do things in your life you know what I mean yep yeah. Yeah. It's, it's that idea of just like, it's vague enough where you can kind of imprint yourself on whatever it is you pull, but it allows you to, like you said, think about yourself, break yourself down a bit and really just kind of examine yourself through the medium of a set of cards, something right. to create this illusion to allow you to step into that mindset without sitting there and going, all right, time to, to analyze and myself. Being one of yeah, these people isn't something that you need to train for. Even if you become it, it's right. just like you are it right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's interesting. All right, that's our that's our first creature, the the Filipino witch Bruja Mabakabahang. If that's well, I think I said it wrong, you know what I was saying. Let me try it again. Mangu Kulam, there it is. Now we're moving on to one of my favorites, the Aswang. The Aswang is an umbrella term for various shape-shifting evil creatures in Filipino folklore, such as vampires, ghouls, viscera suckers and werebeasts that are usually mm. dogs cats or pigs so this is like viscera their suckers. kind of version of a, like a skinwalker mm. type creature Kinda, yeah you're gonna see some similarities wendigo-y skinwalkery the third creature we're gonna talk about is much closer to uh the wendigo or something along those lines in um native american lore uh, and lore and such the Aswang is the subject of a wide variety of myths stories arts and films as it is well known throughout the entirety of the philippines Spanish colonists noted that the Aswang was the most feared among the mythical creatures of the Philippines, even in the 16th century. And fun uh, other side note is the devastated dreams game uh, is about the Aswang or was supposed to be about the Aswang. I don't think the game ever got finished, although with no specific motive other than harming others, their behavior can be interpreted as an inversion of the traditional Filipinos values. The Aswang is especially popular popular in southern parts of Luzon and some parts of Mindanao and the Visayas, especially in the Visayan province of Capiz. We're going to talk about the different kinds of Aswang individually here briefly, and we're going to start with the vampire. The vampire Aswang disguises itself in the shape of a beautiful woman. It shares its diet of blood with vampires of Western culture. However, it differs by sucking blood using a proboscis-like tongue Rather than sharpened teeth of Damn, one modern vampire. Damn, it's got like a, like a thing yep. that pops out. That's terrible. That's way worse. It's super, super gross. And all of their like creatures are like body horror. So they you can like chug you them, down. They they're not just sipping. They're, they're yeah. They're not they're just chugging. sipping. Yeah, yeah. And these these particular vampires, like other ones out here, don't live in like graves or tombs or caskets. These some of them live in the forest, far from human communities. 
But the Asylum can infiltrate human society by means of marrying into a community and either slowly <laughs> draining their husband of blood. Or, <laughs> this or is some disgruntled merry man bullshit. Like, yeah, 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 no, my wife is one of them, if you know what I mean. That blood sucking wife uh, of mine. Oh, yeah. She ain't got to get rid of the bitch. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> of course. Of course, that's exactly yeah. what they were. Yeah, I know you can marry into them. <laughs> <laughs> Unreal. So the, yeah, the, infil the infiltrate society by marrying my, my mother-in-law. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um, so they marry into the community and either slowly begin draining their husband of blood, or else using it strictly as a hideout and leaving at night to raid the other villages, thereby keeping their cover intact. So yeah, they could be living amongst your community. Nobody the wiser. And at night when everybody's sleeping, they fly off into the night miles you away. Know what? If there's any out there who want to get hitched, I would be happy with being your cover story. Right. I'm fine with it. Yeah. You want to be like you... a weird, like cryptid beard. Yeah. Like if, you know, what if would you even be? Wouldn't even be a beard. great in bed, dude. It wouldn't even be a beard. It would be like, I don't know that I believe that part teeth. of it. But Imagine oh. what they could do with their proboscis to you. No, though. I don't want to like get proboscis. I'm more <laughs> interested in the whole like. A different oh, kind of chocolate good, star. And that's like, you know, it's kind of hot. She's yeah, like, right. at uh, night I go kill people. And I'm like, nice. Ooh. That's my girl. She be murdering people. <laughs> you spank her ass on the way out as she flies she off to murder a villager it, that night. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, love. <laughs> <laughs> that's my girl. <laughs> oh, I love her so much. <laughs> Next up is the Viscera Sucker. The Viscera Sucker, also known as the Mananangalal is said to have a diet of internal organs or the phlegmatic discharge of the sick. Like the vampire Aswang, it consumes its food with its tongue, narrow and tubular, but not pointed like the vampire. So it's more of like an, an elephant-y kind of like, like mouth like at the a end tube. of it, but it's still, yeah, but it's still like gross a ass, like long battle, tube uh, What is that movie called? Starship Troopers? Never seen it. What? I, uh, I was literally about to be like, oh, this all sounds like Starship Troopers. And then I stopped myself because like Matt has never seen it. And the fact that you confirmed it upsets me even more. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to be like, yeah, it's like in the, the brain sucker in Starship yeah. Troopers. And the one guy was like, oh, and he gets his brain sucked out. No, you have no idea what we're talking about. That's so disappointing. No, have you seen, Robo have you seen uh, Robocop? No. Oh, it's a great double feature. We're going to do that. <laughs> All right, next time we're together, we'll just start. We're gonna yeah. have a bear hoping. Maybe we'll just start doing a little movie, monthly movie don't, night. Don't we'll start make knocking promises out you can't keep, Mathis. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. By day, though, the viscera sucker doesn't look like this abhorrent monster. It takes the shape of, you guessed it, an attractive, light skinned, long haired woman. By night, it unfurls its long wings and segments itself, leaving behind its body from the waist downward. It takes great care to hide its lower half, then flies in searches for victims. It is particularly attracted to the fetuses growing inside pregnant women. Ew. Viscera suckers are said to live in domiciles deep in the jungle, if not in the trees themselves. But like the vampire Oswong, most infiltrate human communities via marriage. I, I mean, there's some kind of weird sexism gotta, going on here, right? It's almost you know, like, yeah, it's almost like what? some sort of sexist thing it's is like happening a, It's like here. some what? like ancient Filipino Rodney Dangerfield guy came and made up this, this Aswang viscerous. It's like the Jungle Cruise joke where they're like, and if you look out the window, uh, if you look out on the right side, you'll see a small ape-like creature that latches itself onto its parents and bleeds them dry for 18 to 24 years. You know, they're just talking about your kid. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah it's fine. Uh, <laughs> I, I do like the fact that they were like, if it's a light skinned woman, yep. it's like, oh, all right, that's an interesting <laughs> little point to Hocha, white yeah, all, devil. All I'm saying is uh, you know, if there's any like a uh, non vampires out there who want to like, you know, I don't know. Would you, would you marry a viscera soon. sucker? Because they remember at night, they don't just fly off. They drop the lower half of their body segment and fly away to slurp up grossness. Basically, I'd be uncomfortable with that. That means I, I have yeah. to I'm like responsible for someone's lower half of their body. I'll just Uber yeah. eat my own. I'm just going to find like a dinner. like a. A nice dark skinned girl and live my life not being killed by a vampire. You're That's gonna fine. be the you're gonna be the white devil. 
that's me. <laughs> You're going to be the viscera right. sucker? You will be the viscera sucker. <laughs> I that's was the boy. me, the viscera sucker. <laughs> Next up in this category is the were creatures. The Philippines has no indigenous wolf population, thus making were dog the more appropriate term overall. Were like dog. the previous, yeah, like the previous Aswang, the were dog infiltrates villages and turns into a creature by night, right around midnight. The creature is most commonly a dog, but can be a cat or a pig. Uh, <laughs> the were dog then kills and eats people, particularly pregnant women on the road in the night. And do not let their long hair hang loose. First of Doing all, so, no pregnant women go on the road alone at night, please, for any reason, regardless of whether or not there's an Aswang out there. Pretty please. Yeah. It, apparently, letting your hair loose is a protection against the Aswang. So if you wear your hair loose at night while you're walking, you're supposedly safe. Hmm. The were dog is said to develop a taste for human flesh by eating food spat on or licked by another were dog. The same is said of the viscera sucker as well. They like Unlike mark the, guys for later, mm-hmm. like a yeah, hobo, like like a hobo code marked. for the post as they <laughs> yeah. walk by the house. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one for the were dog population. They're going to love that. The were dog uh, as well is unlike rather unlike the previous Oswang. The were dog does not infiltrate human communities through marriage, but as a as a traveler of some sort, such as a peddler or a construction laborer. So there's your were dog. Pretty short. So pretty awesome. short. So the were dog. That. So the were dog Oswang is yep. is uh like immigration fear i guess yeah i guess like a traveler i don't know yeah it's kind of yeah it's like interesting travelers to and migrant workers from. like come on yeah, bro very bizarre all right all right the last one of this particular group are the ghouls oh i'm ghouls. a huge fan of ghouls boys Ooh. and ghouls mm. boys and ghouls i love ghouls. ghouls ghoul aswang are described as humanoid but generally hidden their diet consists of human corpses as they are carrion eaters. Their nails and teeth are sharp and strong to help with the theft and consumption of the corpses, and their diet makes them smell rank and pungent. Nice. They gather in trees near cemeteries to exhume and consume fresh burials. Aswangs commonly dwell at night in locations such as cemeteries and woods as their powers are significantly or sometimes totally reduced during the daytime. However, despite being described as wild monsters that often live in the wilderness and outskirts of society, Aswangs are also described as creatures that are capable of living within close proximity of or even within the confines of a village, leading to several reports of Aswang attacks within large populated towns and cities. So they can like pull off a human. They can like be a human. yeah, Yeah, they can they can look well enough like a human overall. Their ability to adapt and live within the urban and rural environments populated by humans while still maintaining their feral, monstrous nature is cited as a feature that distinguishes Aswangs from most other monsters. Aswangs also generally have a fear of light. Wakes were often uh, brightly lit to ensure that Aswang would not come to the funeral to steal or devour a corpse. (laughs) They also have a disdain for noise, but rare occasions describe Aswangs attending noisy parties. What? They never, what they never what did he do? He got dude. wasted and he like blacked out. Like, why is there a story of an Oswang at a party? I don't know, man. It's just that one time that one Oswang tried to do it, like be normal. It just didn't work out for him. He was just like at the end of the party. He was like, I just wanted to be like you. Yeah. I just wanted it always the way it is. <laughs> Oswangs are traditionally described as one dimensional monsters, inherently evil by nature with no explicable motives beyond harming and devouring other creatures. Their overtly evil behavior may be described as an inversion of traditional Filipino values, as we described earlier, and traditional Aswangs have no bias when selecting their prey and will not hesitate to target their own kin, an inversion of the traditional Filipino value of strong kinship and family closeness. Yeah, wow. Aswang, yeah. Aswangs are described to be unclean and favor raw human meat to contrast the value of cleanliness and the cooked, spiced, and flavorful food found in traditional Filipino culture. The Aswangs are also often described to be lewd in behavior, with female Aswangs often exposing their genitals to contrast values of traditional modesty. Huh. Oh, so, so they yeah, just they like just, hanging out then. Yeah, this is letting everything hang out. That's but crazy. Fear not, boys. There are countermeasures that can be taken no, to I'm good. stop oh, Aswangs. Oh, oh. No, yeah. <laughs> there are several remedies and countermeasures to drive away or even slay an Aswang. The different countermeasures often vary depending on the cultural and symbolic significance of each tool, like holy objects, spices, salt, ash, etc. 
Um, the reversal of the ladder leading to the house the, was also said to be a countermeasure against Oswong. The reversal so, of the ladder leading to yeah, the house. The, of like, uh, let me get through like holy, all the holy objects. So the way I'm trying to like picture it were better because I worded it poorly. Um, the, the you're, basically all these things, the reversal of, uh, or I, I'm, I said one word wrong. The reversal of a ladder, not a ladder, the ladder of like t- turning a ladder like, around. Yeah, like literally like a house that's off the floor. You're flipping the yeah. ladder upside down. You have to reverse it. And apparently that will also be a way to as like a, a, a good countermeasure against an Oswong. I guess they'd just be confused. That's there's, Oswong, there's all kinds of stuff like that, right? Like yeah. burying a body in a confusing place, that type of thing. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah. Uh, because Oswongs were believed to be the cause of miscarriages, countermeasures to drive away Oswong uh, drive Oswang away and prevent them from prowling during childbirth were also developed. One method is for the husband of the childbearing wife to remain under the house naked while furiously waving around a sword. Sharp sticks or bolos could should be inserted between the bamboos of the house floor to prevent Oswangs from lurking under the house. Additionally, sick people should not stay in houses with holes and are told not to groan in order not to attract the Oswald. How serious? Don't groan. How serious do people take this? Nowadays, I don't know actually how now. That's a like, great how, question because a lot of it seems like maybe useful information for keeping other pests, like real pests. Yeah, mm-hmm. like like just like good ideas. Yeah, in yeah. general. Yeah, yeah. That's a great question. I know we have again, again, a couple Filipino listeners that are in the discord. If you have answers to this, this would be awesome. I would love to just like hear some like personal takes on some of these creatures and like what it's like to be in a culture where they maybe are real or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can also boys make a special anti Aswang oil to stop them from coming to make this oil, select a particular coconut and then watch it grow. Pick it at twilight during a full moon when it is wet and gloomy. The breeze should also be chilly. The coconut should be grated and its juice must be squeezed out. Boil the mixture until it becomes oil. Recite secret prayers and throw all the waste into the ocean so that the Aswang cannot trace whoever made the oil. Once complete, the oil should be hung at the door of the house. It will boil when an Aswang is near. So Whoa. that'll keep them kind of like garlic on a or something on a door for vampires along those lines. A little bit more effort involved to make this thing, though. I like and the, the idea part about boiling. picking out a coconut and just waiting. <clears throat> you know, that seems that cute, one. like a Pixar movie. Yeah, yeah, you can make a nice little ritual out of that every day. Mm-hmm. There are other methods of detecting Aswang without the use of special oil. Scratching noises heard from the ceiling of a house is often a sign of a nearby Aswang. Oswongs in disguise can be detected by seeing if your reflection in the creature's eyes is inverted, though that would be extremely would, hard yeah, to figure wow. out. <laughs> you would have to be really close to their face and really try to like, like deeply look into their eyes. Additionally, dogs, cats, and pigs with no tails are said to be Oswongs in disguise. During, during holy masses, Oswongs will also attempt to dodge the blessings. So, you know, if they're getting blessed, they'll be like, Moving out the way of the priest, dropping like, their blessings in holy my, water. My body, I'm just so. <laughs> I'm just not into it today. <clears throat> I got a stomach ache. I'm a little allergic. Uh, to kill a witch, Aswang, a bolo knife can be used to strike the middle of the witch's back. If that area is not struck, the witch can lick its wounds to heal its injuries, which is funny because that's like a vampire the masquerade thing. That's how vampires heal their wounds. Very weird. What is a bolo knife? That is an excellent question. B O L O knife. Uh, bolo. Isn't the the big knife. that big like that's not a knife. Oh, yeah, that looks like a, a machete. Knife. Yeah, that thing just looks like a machete. Oh yeah, it's like a Filipino machete. That thing. Yeah, yeah that's what it is. That's gonna do a lot of goddamn damage if you stab somebody with that thing. Yeah. Uh, oh my! It's like a sword almost. It's huge. Yeah, it really is. After you slay an Oswang with a bolo knife, the bolo must be planted under the ground. Firearms are not advised for killing Oswangs, and it is useless to stab and slash at an Oswang while it is in the form of an animal. Magic prayers can be used to make the Oswang vulnerable while it is in this helpless state. Its body must be cut into pieces, which is kind of like a troll in like D&D. If the Oswang is cut into two pieces, each piece must be separated and taken to opposite riverbanks. So that's how you like cut up a dead Oswang witch and get rid of you its body like after you've really stabbed it. Do you some, really yeah. got to do some like work on that thing, which again makes me wonder. 
Uh, how many? I hope that's not being practiced today. Like, I'd be curious if like that would be being practiced. I today. doubt it's like a common thing. I mean, we're you know the age of information. I mean, you know what I mean. But I mean, like, yeah, yeah. At the same time, I have heard of the Oswang. Like the I didn't I hadn't heard of the the witches by name, but the Oswang right. I have heard of. We can get into a little bit of the uh, the origins of where these the origins and influences of this thing are because because of the archipelagic geography of the Philippines. The primarily oral mode of inheriting and imparting narratives from the past for preservation or didactic purposes. Stories about the Aswang have evolved and adapted according to the locality in question, which again, at the very beginning of this episode, we talked about how it really depends on it's where like you Darwin's are. Darwin's finches. Yeah. Yeah, it's very, exactly. It's, it's all that kind of thing. Uh, it's crazy. The Aswang was born out of Philippine folklore with stories of this terrifying creature dating back to at least the 16th century when Spanish explorers created the first written record of the monsters. The explorers noted that all of the monsters in their folklore, the Aswang was the most feared by the native people. One of the most famous origins of the term Aswang came from the Aswang tradition in the Bicol region during the 16th century. The the ah, Bicolanos believed in the god named Gugurang, who was the good god that acted as the beneficent of the region the defender and guardian of their homes and the protector against the evil of the god Asuang. The god Asuang, however, was the evil god and rival who attempted to always cause harm to Gugurang and found pleasure in doing so. Gugurang was always praised by Bicolanos and Asuang shunned and cursed. However, in another story, Gugurang is portrayed as a fire-wielding god who, if, if displeased with the humans, would cause Mount Mayan to erupt. Aswang had no control over the people and became jealous of Gugurang's power. As Aswang begged for Gugurang's fire, Gugurang felt that Aswang was only trying to have fire to win the favor of the people, and the two began to argue for centuries. But Aswang was able to steal fire by turning himself invisible and hiding the fire in a coconut shell. However, Aswang was unable to control the power and caused the entire world to catch flames. Gugurang followed the flames which led him to Aswang and took the fire back. He called the gods to help him put out the fire with rain and take revenge on Aswang by making thunder and lightning to strike the mountains. The act brought upon all the evils and destruction in the land, which the people had never forgotten Aswang for. There's a little bit of a little taste of where the Aswang kind of come from and originated. You know what else is pretty crazy to me about the Aswang too? Especially the the werewolf-y one. Mm -hmm. Is that you're saying... This thing has been around since the 1500s. Yeah, er, earlier than that. That's just when the Spanish people came and like wrote it down right, and they right. heard about but it. But it's crazy that in a place where there are no wolves, mm. that the legend of a werewolf somehow has like made it into that like culture as well. It's pretty crazy. This is kind of like a nitpicky thing, but uh, the were dog werewolf thing, that tef- definition was not part of their lexicon. That comes from a Western source. Right. I just and it's mean kind like, of placed on it. But yeah, shape shifters. Yeah, that's like, and all I just that mean like shit. it's yeah, yeah. pretty interesting that we all have a similar guy. Yeah. Yes. A hundred percent. It's wild. Ev- the, the way you described the two of them fighting for centuries or whatever. For some reason in my head, the the thing that popped up was those two dudes were like, wicked witch of the east, bro. And <laughs> came yeah. down in a bubble. That's Are for some reason I imagine it's the two of them. Yeah. 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 yeah that's good. Uh, it reminded me of Dark Souls when I was reading it the first time. I was like, <laughs> well, oh, that's very we Dark Souls. We all have our mental image of this. <laughs> yeah. Yours is just it. more developed. I yeah. was going to say it reminds yeah. me of the encyclopedia, which is what I read. <laughs> All right, we're moving on to the, the third and final creature I cultivated for this particular episode, a creature by the name of Teak Belong. The Teak Belong, also known as the Teep, the Teag Belong, Teag Belong, Tick Belong, Teag Bolon. My brain is like smoothing out. The last one was what? <laughs> werehorse. Werehorse. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. So, say no more. Yeah. This is a creature of Philippine folklore said to lurk in the mountains or rainforests of the Philippines. It is a tall, bony humanoid creature with the head and hooves of a horse and disproportionately long limbs to the point that its knees reach above its head when it squats down. In some versions, it is a transformation of an aborted fetus sent to Earth from limbo itself. 
If you look up pictures of this thing, there's so many different pictures, like Google images it. It's T-I-K-B-A-L-A-N-G. Uh, there's some hilarious looking pictures of this thing. There was one that just like made me die. Let's see if I can find it again. Oh, fu- it looks like Beta Ray Bill, like straight up. <laughs> yes, it really does. Oh, man. But also, there's some really like unnecessarily sexy versions of this thing, which I guess I'm not people surprised just about. People want to fuck horses. It's we can't it really, get away from it. Like people. There's just this one that's just like. A six pack regular man, even normal man hands, but a horse hand. They're like, it's a teak belong. No, it's not. It's, yeah, but that's like more centaury. There's than one that anyway. has like a Facebook link that looks dope. He's like got long ass <clears throat> arms and legs, and he's like, yeah, I love that oh, guy. The one I think that's I see like that upside yeah, yeah, with yeah, the yeah. He's like, yeah, he's like sitting, but he's standing. Yeah, that guy looks yeah, great. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's that's a, that's a better mean. interpretation of one for sure. That's like a closer. Uh, so yeah, like basically like. Uh, the form of the teak belong can tr- be traced back to something around 4,000 years ago with roots in Hinduism, which explain how the influence evolved in the mysterious half horse creature we now know today. Ancient people in the Philippines believed in animism. They believed that the world had its consciousness and that stone, trees, mountains, water, animals, sun, and even the moon had a hidden power known as the spirit or the idol. This power could be good or harm the spirit but it was believed to control some aspects of life. In 1589, during the earliest days of the Spanish occupation, Father Juan de Placencia documented the long-term teak-belong awareness of indigenous peoples. Hinduism, from its origins in India, spread to Southeast Asia in about 200 CE as Indian cultural influence spread throughout the region through trade routes. Teak-belong may have originated from Hayagriva, an avatar of the Hindu god Vishnu, the worship of Hayagriva was recorded in 2000 BCE. The images for flying birds, the teak, the teak belong, and Serena are straight out of him, Hindu imagery, which are all creature, uh, people creatures, like kind of an amalgamation. <laughs> why, why is the Wikipedia picture so weird for the teak belong? Oh, it looks like a child's drawing, doesn't it? Yeah, it what literally the fu- looks like a kid's like so drew bizarre. It. it looks like a child's drawing. It's so good. That was someone's um, art that you were really mocking. Was. That's true. Just look it's at true. it. It looks, like, <laughs> it looks like Napoleon Dynamite drew it. <laughs> Influence on the on religion was also prevalent with the concept of a multi-layered world, heaven and hell. According to the Hindu Puranists, there are 14 worlds in the universe, the seven upper and seven lower, the upper worlds being Ba, Bahava, Swa, Maha, Jana, and Tapa, and, and Satyam, and the seven nether worlds are Atala, Vitala, Sutala, Rasatala, Talatala, Mahatala, and Padatala. The region known as Buhu is the earth where we dwell. An association with Teak Belong began around the, eight, uh, the 1860 discovery of the statue of Cambodia during the 10th century. It portrayed the demons that Vadavamukha, the, m- the more radical version of the avatar of Vishnu. Eventually, Buddhism changed the image to Hayagriva into small horses' heads floating in a crown of fire. In China, provided the old image of Hayagriva face with horses one of the keepers of the demon of an inferno. And the same thing probably happened to the Teak Belong as the Filipinos adopted it in their beliefs after exacting culture through trade. 900 years before the Spaniards arrived, Chinese merchants settled in the Philippines and used horses. The evolution of the Teak Belong probably started right around then. Just so seeing them being like, what deep, the deep. fuck? I can't imagine seeing a horse for the first time, not, not knowing this creature exists and right. see this insanely huge thing just show up. Yeah, I'm sure you're right. It shattered people's brains. Um, the idea of the Teak Belong evolved over time, telling the journey of the Filipino consciousness through colonialism and globalism, as there were no horses in the Philippines before the arrival of the Spanish. The earliest mentions of these mythological creatures did not specify horse or animal morphology, i.e. like for Placentia's 16th century account. Instead, in the pre-colonial period, they were represented as ghosts and spirits of the forest, associated with the terms Malto and Bibit. Some entries describe them in early Spanish dictionaries as Fantasma de Montes, uh, which means phantoms of the mountains or wilds, linking them strongly as nature spirits. So you can kind of see slowly how the horses kind of eked their way into their culture and slowly built their own lore over time as the hundreds and hundreds of years passed. And then one and finally things, evolved to draw a picture of himself to put on Wikipedia. 
Bingo. And that's the one that we knew today. That was his. It was the first known picture of a teak belong. Uh, individual teak belongs, even today among superstitious Filipinos, are thought to inhabit trees as guardians, sometimes depicted as if the very soul of the trees themselves. Specific trees in nature in general and, pre- and pre-colonial Philippines were considered sacred, often used as shrines, especially large ficus trees. An, uh, an offensive expression, uh, tig belong kamandin, you are a wild beast, was used by early Tagalogs to signify one of uncouth and uncivilized. Later on, as horses were brought from China and Japan through the Spanish colonial government, accounts of them appearing horse-like slowly became the norm. So you can already see the beginning of the name of them, Teague Belong, instead of Teak Belong, G instead of K. Right. Mm. Um, Teague Belongs or Tig Boland scare travelers, lead them astray, and play tricks on them, such as making them return to an arbitrary path no matter how far they go out or turn. This is counteracted by wearing one's shirt inside out. So if you wear your shirt inside out, what? you're good. Not very yep. smart, these guys. No, they're not intelligent. But if, but if, yeah, hey, it's a simple solution. That that's is pretty nice. incredibly simple. <laughs> Another countermeasure is to ask permission out loud to pass by or not to produce too much noise while in the woods in order not to offend or disturb the teak belongs. So simply stay quiet, ask for permission, and they won't lead you astray. What? <laughs> I know it doesn't. It doesn't. They seem very polite and kind of lame and boring overall. Isn't there like uh, a Mexican version of this thing too, or like a Spanish version? Like maybe there is. There is. So when looking up a lot of these things, um, another there's a lot of Spanish-ish folklore that is in the Philippines for obvious reasons. Right. And like, remember when we talked about the duende, the gnome yeah. who fed dirt? That's a huge one in the Philippines as well. The duende is a massive cryptid that exists out there. Whatever you want, folklore, whatever you want. For to sure. Call it. So yeah, they wouldn't be surprised me. The Tigbalon, the one with the G, is a ghost which assumes a variety of forms and sometimes confers a similar gift upon a certain favored individual. A, super, a superstition popular with the Tagalogs of Rizal province is that Tigbalongs are benevolent guardians of elemental kingdoms. They are usually found standing at the foot of large trees looking around for anyone who dares to bestow malignancy on their kingdom's territory. That, that's the one that Beta Ray Bill is. That's, that's yes. Yeah. <laughs> a common saying has it that rain from a clear sky means, quote, may kinakasal na tig belong or a tig belong is getting married. So if, if it's raining, a tig belong is getting hitched, everybody. Congratulations oh, to that tig belong. That's very yeah, nice. Congratulations. I love that. <laughs> this was potentially connected with a similar Spanish proverb that claimed a witch was getting married when there was rain on a sunny day. Hmm. Although many cultures have such sayings in which a trickster figure gets married, fox weddings, bears weddings, monkeys birthdays, etc. In some versions, the teak belong can also transform itself into human form or turn invisible to humans. They like to lead travelers astray, as we said before, and this is one of the easiest ways to do so. Teak belong is generally associated with dark, sparsely populated, foliage overgrown areas with legends variously identifying their abode as some as being beneath bridges in bamboo clumps or banana groves and atop columpang, uh, which or balite, which are just different types of trees. However, the last bit I want to tell about tell you guys about is you might be thinking, well, this thing seems lame. What if I told you you could tame one of these things? Would I have you then? I'm already in. (laughs) All right. Well, that was easy. I mean, yeah. (laughs) You can, in fact, supposedly, maybe tame a teak belong. By one account, a teak belong has a mane of sharp spines, with the three thickest of these being of particular importance. A person who obtains one of these spines can use them as an enting enting or talisman to keep the teak belong as his servant. The teak belong must first be subdued, however, by leaping onto it and tying it with a specially prepared cord. The would-be tamer must then hang on while the creature flies through the air, fighting madly to dislodge its unwelcome rider until it is exhausted and acknowledges its own defeat. Or you can look on his mane and you will see three golden hairs. And if you pluck three of them before he or she eats you, the teak belong will serve you until you die. Those are the ways you can tame. It's that easy, a huh? Belong. It's that easy. Pluck its three golden hairs or ride it until it says, I give up. Just like a regular horse. Yeah. Yeah. Just like a regular horse. And that, my gentle friends, 
is Atik Belong. And I think where we're going to leave Filipino Loved folklore, it. cryptids, and legends Loved it. for today. A nice little brisk jaunt through uh, some creepy creatures. And we'll definitely come back to the Philippines in the future because you guys got some cool ass folklore and a lot of it. And it's some it's such a creepy. such an interesting, such an interesting culture, such an interesting. Yeah, they even have they even have their own version of the white lady ghost out there. Who doesn't? Like, don't we all? That's, honest to God, like, that's how I feel. Like, it's like everybody has the white lady ghost. Um, <laughs> but that's it for today, boys. Uh, we've got, I don't want to, I don't want to tease it too much, but we do have a guest along the ways when we've been having to shuffle some dates around, but look forward to the return of a special guest who may or may not impart her knowledge on some more gnomes in the future, a return of the gnome prophecy. Oh, all right. I was excited. I thought it was, we were going to get like a good guest, but like, whatever. I've got right. a couple guests. Got, I, I got a couple go. guests in the books too. I just got to finish yeah, the episodes. Got, oh, I thought we were going to get a good guest. Not that, <laughs> we, not those we trash guests. Out. Dude, we topped out with Crendor. Come on. <laughs> any better than There's that. no one more famous on the earth than Crendor. Exactly. Exactly. Um, that's it for today, though, guys. We've got a little Minnesota to go record. There's some fun stuff to talk about in the Minnesota. I'm excited for this one because it's, um, uh, it's the it's the anniversary today or this week, rather, of one of the most famous uh, conspiracies in the world. And we'll talk about that a little bit on the Minnesota. Oh, yes, indeed. Thank you guys so much for watching. Head over to patreon.com slash Illuminati pod. Jump on in, support the show, get your mini sewed, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. Anyway, me and my wife were sitting outside indulging on our porch one night, enjoying ourselves. I needed to go to the bathroom, so I stepped back inside, and after a few moments, I hear my wife go, holy shit, get out here. So I quickly dash back outside, and she's looking up at the sky in awe. I look up too, and there's a perfect line of dozen lights traveling across the sky.